0: Turning to the gospel of Mark chapter 1 and verse 14. Mark chapter 1 and verse 14. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. I know some of my friends would be listening to, especially to this first message after the turning in. South Africa and Zimbabwe and I want to welcome you uh, as you would join us in listening to the gospel preached today from Cityview Baptist Church and what a better subject can be addressed today by Christ the servant of God Christ the servant of God so John Mark the human author presents the Lord Jesus Christ as a servant, suffering servant. 700 years before, the prophet Isaiah foresaw and declared under inspiration, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him to bring forth judgment to the Gentiles text go on to say that he would not be discouraged like you and I would get discouraged in the ministry. This text was in anticipation of the Lord Jesus first advent. He came as the ultimate servant and he said for even the son of man came not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Now there are some misconceptions commentators share about Mark's gospel account. Some say that Mark's gospel is a sequel or a shorter version to Mafia and Luke. Oh, this is mere conjecture at best. There are no shorter versions of God's report. It is true that Mark is the shortest among the gospel narratives, but this doesn't mean or doesn't make Mark any less important. In fact, from all we know, Mark was the first recorded gospel in the New Testament, the very first one. Others say that Mark's gospel was dictated to him by Peter. You probably read this. You need to put it aside. Since Mark may not have been present with Jesus, well, this is not the way to view Mark's gospel account. God does not have any copycats recording the Bible. He did not bring revelation to his servants second hand each servant of God has a different perspective and personality in given us what was given to them by the Holy Ghost according to Peter second Peter 1 21. It says, for no prophecy came by any private interpretation or by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were driven away by the Holy Spirit. And some commentators, and I must say this, do more harm than good to students of the Bible. Because many times we copy them, mimic them, repeat them. Bible says study to show yourself approve unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly cutting a straight edge. Be careful the books you pick up and the things you repeat. None of these things we read about Mark is true. Mark gives us what God give him and what he gave us is profitable. I just want to get that out of the way because I know some of you listening to me. The Lord's first coming should not have been a surprise to the nation of Israel. Messiah was predicted in the scriptures. Mark 1, 1 and 2. Beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God, as it is written In the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The servant was John who came to prepare the way. John the Baptist was a voice, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John came in fulfillment of Isaiah 40 and Malachi 3 these are the prophets Christ the servant of God was predicted in the prophets all of the prophets was announced by John he was approved by God Christ the father was approved by his father there came a voice from heaven saying You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, just as Isaiah 42 said. Verse one, the servant of God is also the son of God. There's an implication here for those who are made sons of God. There's an implication we are made sons of God by virtue of the new birth we should ask ourselves the question is God our father pleased to call us sons can he say this is my son in whom I am well pleased can can he say this about you and me is he pleased with the way you are living the way you are worshipping can he say this about us And God can only be well pleased with us if we are obedient to him. Don't think that you can live in disobedience and in in direct defiance of God's word. And hear these words. The Bible says, but with many of them, God was not well pleased. For they were scattered in the wilderness. This is a wilderness. I'm saying to Brother Curtis, God is afflicting us one by one and our men, strapping men one by one. He is afflicting us. I don't know what he's saying to me, but God is visiting us. We better wake up. Christ the servant of God Predicted by the prophets. The calling of a Christian man or a woman is an honorable calling. So, verse 14 14, after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Today I will be considering a two part message. Jesus, the servant of God, under the heading, the servant's ministry. God willing, in the evening, we will come again, part B, the servant's doctrine. Uh, So bear this in mind. So our first heading today is the timing of the servant's ministry, the timing of his ministry. The text said after John was put in prison, Christ's entry to service was not coincidental. It was not haphazard, but timely, deliberate. There was to be no mistake with John and Jesus. John himself said, "He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom it standeth and heareth him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy therefore is fulfilled. What a joy!" He says he must increase, but I must decrease. He that cometh from above is above all. John admitted the deity of Christ, he's God, the son. He that is of the earth is earthly. I am earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. It's clear where John shifted the glory when he was approached and some of us need to learn this he shifted the glory to jesus john the baptist and jesus had distinct roles in the kingdom john was to prepare the way for the king john baptized with water jesus is the proclaimed king he came to baptize with the holy ghost John was a sign. Jesus is the substance. John never saw a comfort. Jesus made many comforts. Christ's timing is perfect timing. After the death of John, sorry, after John was put in prison, after he had announced the Savior, after he had baptized him, after he was approved by the Father, John abruptly. Deceased. Decreased. Imprisoned. You know what happened? Beheaded. Speaking the truth. This was the way God had ordained his death. But it paved the way for the entry of the king. God's timing is always perfect. We don't know. Remember in Exodus 12, 40 and 41, the Bible says, Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of 430 years, even the self same day, it came to pass that all of us, the Lord, went out from the land of Egypt just as God predicted not a day earlier not a day late but just as he said to Abraham in Genesis 15 do you know that your seed would be in a land that is not theirs for 400 years and those people I will judge and you will come out with great substance the seed The church, great substance. Brethren, we must wait. God may appear to be late, but he's timely in everything. What are you saying? I was trying to speak to desire and progress. They haven't, God haven't blessed them yet with uh, a newborn and Poor progress is heckle um, because it's something about African culture that if you don't have a child, that you're second class. I was trying to counsel this couple and tell them God is timely. Don't listen to people ridicule. God is timely. Just make sure that you and your wife maintain a proper relationship. God is timely. This goes to you too brethren as i deal with this first subheading subheading, wait the bible says he who hastened his feet sins we often pray in the past we wonder because nothing happened but our timing is not god's timing at all just recently out of the midst of dry ground, the Lord brought us in company with a couple we were not looking for. We were trusting, and are trusting, that God has answered our prayers. But even if He doesn't, change change my mind. Our efforts often fail, but the Lord is timely until you and I decrease you hear what I say the Lord will do nothing in the lives of our ministry nothing problem is that many of us want to be top dog number one we need to forget that mentality ourselves and our family first Christ and the church is second where did you get that from? It's timely. We should not be discouraged when God moves people out of the way and make room for other people. God has a way. Just as I was going to Zimbabwe, now can we say, Pastor, I can't come back. I got a job. I had news for him I said okay that's good he came and he sat under Kudzi's ministry he saw the difference he saw why God moved him out I can give you a whole lot more stories but when the fullness of time was come God sent forth his son made of a woman we are under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Revelation 4, 4 and 5. God is timely. You can write that down. When they're calling, your mom is sick. But you can take this to the bank. God is timeless. Mark. 14 part 8. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee. It's as if Jesus was just waiting on the Lord's timing. You and I can learn from this. Just wait. This is our first line. Timing of the servant. There's a practical message here quickly. The worst thing anyone can do is to rush into any sphere of ministry, whether it be coming to preach or whatever. Lateness is a terrible thing. Hurry dog eat raw food. You and I must decrease for He to increase. In the Lord's own time, we must be timely, we must wait, we must prepare. Second observation, primary task, servants ministry, 14b, 14 part b. It says Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Primary task, the Lord Jesus was the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom of God. It is called the kingdom of God because it is ruled by God. It's not the kingdom of Pastor Ted. It's the kingdom of God. We are the outward expression of that kingdom, ruled by God. And the preacher better understand that. It is called the kingdom of God because it is a spiritual kingdom. For there to be a kingdom, there must be a king. Jesus is that king. Not a future king, but a present king. King of my life, I crown thee now. Primary task of any servant of God today is the same. Paul said, God did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. But with words of wisdom, lest the cross of Jesus become of no effect. You remember in Luke 4 verse 18, when the Lord began his public ministry, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And by the way, the poor here is the spiritually bankrupt. He have sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Those who are mourning over their sin, grieving, preach deliverance to the captives. Those who are held gripped by Satan, recovering of sight to the spiritually blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, be messed up. There are a lot of young girls in Zimbabwe. As soon as they start their levels, I draw it to their attention. One child on their back, the next one in their hand. Do you want this for your daughters? I say. Every time I come here, there's another one bruised by the fall. I come to preach the gospel to you. Three times in this text in Luke, the word preach appears three times. Preach. Is to proclaim, to herald the message of the king. How can they preach except they be saved? Preaching the gospel is the church's primary message today. The gospel of the kingdom. It's the means God has chosen to save those who would believe. Mark one thirty eight. we are told, he said to them, let us go into the next town's. That I may preach there also. Because for this purpose. I have been sent. The Lord did many wonderful things in Galilee. But his primary task. Was preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God has a king. I hate to hear. Maybe this is in your vocabulary. When Jesus is referred to as our soon coming king, you need to straighten out that phrase, this this dispensationalist phrase. Throw it away. Why would anyone want to dethrone the king as a soon coming king? Nonsense. He is king, never ceased to be king. The cross. This is Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. Jews were very disturbed. And Pilate said, what I have written, I have written. He was correct. The Jews he's came over, it's not Palestine. The Jews are those who are born again. Don't make him any less than king. The psalmist was right. Yet have I set my king on my holy hill, Zion. Kingdom of God doesn't come with outward observation, but the kingdom of God is within you. Unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom Theology can trip up people. And it has tripped up people. Isaiah said, Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness, and princes, we, shall rule in judgment as the gospel is proclaimed. And a man shall be as a hiding place from the wind, the wrath of God covert from the tempest as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. And the eyes of them that see shall not be dim. And the ears of them that hear shall hearken. Isaiah 32, 1, 2, 3. His kingdom is a righteous kingdom. Nothing spectacular to be expected. No drums. No flutes. It's within individuals. Because of the indwelling Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom we preach. Jesus preached. The kingdom of God. And I must explain what it is like. It's the kingdom Mark speaks about. Primary task of the servant, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. The Lord officially was inaugurated as king when he was baptized in the Jordan River. This is my beloved son. I'm well pleased. He verified his kingdom when he was crucified. And he vindicated that he is king. When he rose from the day. Should we not serve him? Should we not drop everything by the Curtis? And run at his bidding? This wishy-washy Christianity. He sent his Holy Spirit. As a down payment to those who are citizens of his kingdom. That's how you know that you are a child of the king. Jesus is not a future king by the press here. Don't go with that. You learn it today. So, Mark gives the timing of the servant as he enters the ministry. Second, he shows the primary tasks. Of the servant preaching the gospel of the kingdom 3 he shows us the theme of the servants message the theme of the servants message verse 15 kingdom of God is at hand repent ye and believe the gospel this is the theme of the kingdom message Begins with repentance. Metonia. Change of mind. Change of will. Change of disposition. Change of intellect. That's what repentance is, Jordan. A change of mind. The way you think, you need to stop thinking that way. What you believe in the past, you need to change it change of disposition, how you behave. I see this guy sitting down in church with his foot. Sitting down in the pew and he got his foot on the next pew, resting. I went to him and says, look, you don't sit down like that in this church, okay? Put your feet down on the ground. People don't know how to worship. They come off the street or out of the bush and they come into church and they want to do that. Slouch over the chair like this. They get to know me now because when I'm preaching and all of a sudden I stop and there's silence. Everybody begin now looking around. And then they see the culprit. And then the culprit straightened out. Not a word. And then I start back again. I cannot preach with distractions. Of ill behavior in the sanctuary. Yes, Maria, get used to me. Don't laugh. You sent me there as an ambassador, didn't you? Yes, the theme is repentance. People can and have entered the church. But they have not entered the kingdom of God. Because they have never repented. Of their sins. We preach the gospel using many themes, but we must always proclaim the main theme in preaching the gospel. If we neglect the subject of repentance, like so many are doing, we are not preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Today, our culture doesn't want to hear about repentance. Repent from what? But the Bible says, Godly sorrow work of repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world work of death. It is not sufficient to feel sorry for, for your actions, but you must repent, turn, Jesus said it, thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead, the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Repentance is the bedrock theme in Reformed preaching. It is not only for those down in the Bowery, mission, or the slums and ghettos of the inner cities, or or the dark rural villages in Africa. No, sir. First place repentance ought to be preached is Jerusalem, the local church, here. Beginning at Jerusalem. Peter said unto them, repent. He baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, just as he learned from the head of the church. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you in Jerusalem and to your children and to all that are far off, the Gentiles, even as many. As the Lord our God shall call. It is God that calls us to repentance. It is God that enables us to repent. We don't make altar calls, they don't work. God must call the sinner, children, you must call you to repentance. That's when you will break. Because God is calling you through the preaching of the word. Brethren. Whenever the gospel is proclaimed. In all of its glory. The kingdom of God is at hand. When the Lord sent out the 70. He said. Whatsoever city you go into And they receive you eat such things was our set before you. Calling well, then learning to eat Salsa. I was very happy to see that. And Kogo too. He's a, he's applying this, before he used to skin up his face and want potatoes. I had to learn. And sometimes they, they kill some kind of meat and they put it there. When you done eat it to tell you it was snake. Tell us, heal the sick. And say unto them, The kingdom of God is come near you. You know, whenever you go into people's house in a mud hut, the kingdom of God has come near them. Anytime gospel servants bring the word of God to our doorstep, the kingdom of God is near. We should not let the opportunity slipped. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. So, what have we covered? Mark one fourteen and fifteen. Timing, servants' ministry. Second, primary message of the servant of God. Three. Just looked at theme of the servants' message. We've come to our main head, the last one. I would like to spend a little more time on this, if you would permit me. I'm still feeling my way, uh, so just. patient the last head is the transforming ministry of the servant the transforming work of the servant 16 and 17 oh this is the real issue of our message today it it, it is really uh, an evangelistic trust to this message verse 16 and 17 the citizens of the kingdom here in these verses to to, to, to verse 20 actually are noted by some clear characteristics when you look at the spiritual context of the chapter verse 16 and 17 says now as he walked by the sea of galilee he saw simon and andrew his brother casting a net into the sea for they were fishers and jesus said unto them Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Simon and Andrew were brothers, blood brothers, and here we can learn that the first sphere of effect the kingdom of God influences is the home. The Lord has an interest in our homes. They were brothers, blood brothers. The Bible says he saved two of a family and ten of a city. Second, the Lord often called those who are occupied for there were fishermen. Many of us seem to be occupied more in the mundane things of life and are failing to be useful in the kingdom of God. I don't wanna hear that. What I gotta do, my wife, I gotta do this. I got a piece of land, I just married a wife. You know, I gotta prove the oxen, my vehicle, come on. I'm making some pointed applications here. They're not off the cuff. My family is first, pastor. Church and the ministry come second. This is not what I'm reading. I'm, I'm talking about some characteristics of the citizens of the kingdom. When you analyze it carefully, we are occupied with the mundane things of this life and are not useful in the kingdom of God citizens are never too busy to serve God our church is being we see the adversity that is coming man after man after man men are getting fewer and fewer and the men that are available are busy too busy I want to list some things quickly to you from this text and follow me. Citizens of the kingdom of God are transformed. The Lord transformed those he calls. Come after me and I will make you to become fishers of men. Today I try to make people what they are not. To make them do what they don't want to do. What they're not empowered to do. What they do not desire to be. I know I failed at that. Trying to make people. Same thing in Africa. I can force many to do what citizens of the kingdom ought to do. But they wouldn't do it with any joy until they have become transformed by the king. We had a saying that forced medicine is for mad horse. You know what I say of it? that's why it's say right whereas is forced medicine is for mad horse it's the same thing with spiritual things Force spirituality is for mad people today we try to make people what they are not I can force people to do what citizens of kingdom ought to do but I cannot succeed. Apostle Paul had dual citizenship. He was a natural citizen of Israel. But he also had Roman citizenship. Paul did this for gospel expediency. But citizens of God's kingdom has no such luxury today. Dual citizenship. We are ambassadors for another nation. Kingdom of God is ever present on the mind of the citizens of the kingdom. You know, something about what's when we we're overseas. We're there, but sometimes we're thinking, Oh, it's the time it is five o'clock. They're now getting ready to worship. And I hope you understand what I'm saying. Paul the apostle said in Philippians, for our citizenship. Is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself, even our flesh. Many today call themselves citizens of the kingdom. they want to hold two passports passport of the world and use their Christian ID card a couple hours on Sunday when they punch in that's not a citizen citizens of God's kingdom are a transformed people not a uniform people uniformity is when everybody look alike Transformation is when people behave differently. So I'm giving you some points on this last main point. The Lord calls and he transforms. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. All in the perfect things. It is like he did it already for the citizens. Second, the citizens of God's kingdom are brought into conformity with their king. Maybe a slow process, but it is a process. Verse 18 and 19. And straight away they forsook their nets And followed him. And when he had gone a little further thence. He saw James. Son of Jeopardy, And John. His brother. Who also were in the ship. Men in their nets. Notice their family ties. With these ones. Notice their family ties. Carefully. They did it prohibit. The call upon them? We have the Bible. Did it prohibit them from responding to the call? If one is following the Lord Jesus, they will soon be brought into conformity with him. You you and I cannot follow the Lord and remain the same. He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. These are striking characteristics of citizens of Christ's kingdom. Transformation of our minds, different thinking, conformity to his will. The Bible says they forsake and follow it. And finally, citizens of the kingdom are separated from the world the text says in verse 20 and straightway he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with their hired servants and went after him or went went behind him but Jesus was ministering in Galilee they went after him I am sure that yeah, they returned to, to papa and they attended the things but someone became more important not papa and mama not wifey but christ very simple very profound very true in the life of citizens of the kingdom they separated. I didn't say that Christians are an isolated people. Neither am I saying that believers are to dishonor earthly family ties, providing that it doesn't impinge on kingdom values. We ought to be separated in doctrine from our family or anyone else. We ought to be separated in worship when auntie or cousin come. You don't abstain from worship. And we ought to be separated in our duties. All Christians are not called to abandon their sphere of duty for full time service. Not all are like this. But every citizen of God is separated unto God. Every Christian. Is separated unto God. In other words, Christ comes first. These, as I said, are some striking marks of citizens of the kingdom, disciples of the Lord Jesus. In case, you, in case we don't know what I mean by the kingdom of God, I'm speaking of the kingdom of God as it is expressed in the visible church. It's what I'm speaking about the kingdom of God as expressed in the visible church in the church it expresses the kingdom of God but in the church there is the eternal kingdom with those who are truly born again everybody in the church even though it expressed the kingdom of God is not born again and my appeal to you is repentance but we are expressing that we are representing representatives of the kingdom of God here and I share some clear points to you in case you don't know visible church where the gospel is preached the kingdom of God is within you but the kingdom of God is near you today very near Don't look for any other expression of the kingdom. Kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. That's how a person becomes saved. That's how they enter the kingdom of God. This is how a person stays in the kingdom. May the Lord help us today, brethren. As we are near the kingdom of God, Uh, it is at hand because the gospel has preach. But just as it was in the days of our Lord, we can be near the kingdom but far, far from the king. It's very dangerous. Yes, have I set my king on my holy hill of Zion, the church. I've set him there. When the Bible says, kiss the son lest he be angry of you and you perish. And his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all there that put their trust in him, the king. Messianic Psalm 2 verse 12. We must embrace the son. Lest he be angry with us. And stay angry with us. Therefore, brethren, this is our portion. This morning, this evening, God willing... I will continue our second part of this message, showing you the doctrine of the Lord's servant. And so come back for part two of Mark chapter one. Shall we pray? Amen. Lord, we give you thanks that you have granted us the enablement, and we pray as the gospel went forth this hour. That you will be mindful of those who sat and listened, not converted. We ask that the Holy Spirit will work to give you thanks for our session and ask for the strength to prepare us for the next. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.